CliffCentral.com. Damn right, eh? How about that for an intro? Coming towards the end of April, this is The Bounce Show with me, Ben Karpinski. Thank you for joining me, whether you're listening live here on cliffcentral.com or you're catching on podcasts. However you do it, I appreciate you being here with me today. Wow, so another month down, quick, quick. Obviously, here in South Africa, there's been loads of public holidays, so it's been quite confusing. But the sport has been unrelenting and it has been top class throughout. There's a lot happening in this music video. So today, I'm going to tell you about something called the Arnold Classic. So if you put that together, Arnold, most famous Arnold in the whole world is, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I've got Wayne Price joining me for a big chat about that. He is the partner of the Arnold Classic here in Africa. Now, over six continents, um, sure, uh, the sheer numbers of this event are absolutely mind-boggling. That's why I've got Wayne to come through and chat about just how amazing this event is. Basically, it's a multi-purpose event, but we think multi-purpose event, we think maybe four or five different things on the go. I think there's about 80 different sports taking place in the Arnold Classic. It's going to be here in Johannesburg in South Africa, and it's something you can go to, and it's going to be crazy. First year was last year. There was 12,000 participants. So obviously, you think anything associated with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger, you think bodybuilding, big, strong men. Sure, there is that element, but there's over, like I said, about 80 different sports, from chess to archery, ballroom dancing, pole foot dancing, um, there's like there's CrossFit action on the go. There's those Zumba classes. Um, yeah, you name it. It's all happening. So that's the Arnold Classic, which I, I, I think is absolutely amazing. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for people participating in sports because if there was more sport in this world, you know, I've said it many, many times, the world would be a better place. So when there's an event like this, the Arnold Classic, well, I'm all for it. So Wayne's going to be the guest in the second half hour. Before that, in the first hour, sorry, first half hour, apart from this really strange Iggy Azalea song, uh, I want to bring up a couple of things. Recap, obviously, what's happening in sport right now and then what to look forward to along the big, long weekend, of course, because public holiday Thursday today and then public holiday Monday, uh, which will be the 1st of May, which means there is very little chance you're going to go to work on Friday. And if you are, you're going to be in an office with very little people around you. And probably listen to a podcast and watching, well, watching out what you're going to look forward to sports-wise. Let's get straight into it. Um, Maria Sharapova gets back into tennis this week. So love her, hate her, just, or you're just annoyed by her. Um, she had to serve her band for meldonium intake. Now, we all know there's a massive story behind that. Then there's the whole he said, she said, she didn't listen kind of story. Anyway, whatever it is, she served her band, has been dished out to her. She's now able to come back. So that is a big talk around women's tennis right now. And it's kind of a strange story because we've got the world's greatest ever women's tennis player, Serena Williams. She's now going to be taking a bit of a hiatus because she's pregnant and she is going to be having a child. So where the women's tennis world goes from here will be very interesting to know. I don't think Sharapova is going to be the force that she was in brief stages of her career. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of sort of hype and sideshows. I think the people who are going to be winning the events are still going to be the ones that have been contesting women's tennis with Serena the last few months. 
So Sharapova is in a very interesting situation that she is unseated because her world record, her world ranking has lapsed. So she is going to go in and essentially kind of have to win this tournament in Stuttgart, which is the first one, to have any chance of getting into the French Open. Talk about extreme pressure, huh? With all the eyes of the tennis world on her as well, it's going to be even more difficult. There's lots of interesting football on the go at the moment. As we know, uh, we're into the final stretch, so to speak, with regards to the leagues. So whether it be PSL, whether it be the English Premier League, it's all coming to a head in this next month of of May. So they've all got similar games to go. Uh, The English Premier League, I think, is a bit of a done-and-dusted deal to think that Chelsea are, I think, seven points ahead at the moment. And uh, the nearest rivals are Spurs. If you look at the running of the fixtures, we went through this last week. It's not looking so great for Spurs. They've got to play Man United. They've got to play Arsenal. Um, this weekend, actually, everything can be sewn up. Because if you think about it, Chelsea really needs to cock it up from here on in. But most of their games are pretty, actually, straightforward. So if they are going to cock it up, their one game which is going to be very tough is this weekend. They're playing against Everton. It'll be away at Everton. So that's Sunday, five minutes past three South African time. If Chelsea can get a draw there, if they could just avoid a banana skin there and just get the one point, I reckon that's good enough. Because at the same day, Hoppers 5, Sunday, a sort of maybe reinvigorated Arsenal, uh, says the optimistic Arsenal fan after all these years of heartbreak. Uh, Spurs will be hosting Arsenal in the London derby. Now, this is the first time in quite a while, I think, Arsenal are going to go there. And, uh, well, you know what? You guys are going to beat us in the league here, fair and square. I can't remember that that's, that's happened in the last few years. Normally what happens is Spurs show amazing promise, as we all know, and they do really well up until the sort of last uh, stretch of the season. And then ultimately they become massively unstuck and Arsenal will finish fourth and Spurs will finish basically fifth, sixth or seventh. This time around, they're, well, they're right at the top. They've got no chance of being eclipsed by Arsenal. So there'll be extra needle in this match. I think it's going to be an absolute amazing spectacle. Uh, tonight, you'll be able to see Man City versus Man United. Both teams aren't able to win the league, but still, there's always much to play for because that prized top four position and Champions League football is over what everyone's focusing on. But at the same time, Man United know that they've got to win the Europa League in order to get into the Champions League. So that's kind of more their focus than the top four spot. I mean, obviously, if they get the top four spot, that's great, but it's not looking overly likely. So that's from the English Premier League. I still believe done cut and thrust of it is Chelsea are going to win. In the PSL, which is the local league here in South Africa, it's a bit more interesting. Now, earlier the week, um, Chiefs and Cape Town City locked horns down in Cape Town and in front of a fantastic crowd. I think Cape Town City has definitely brought a whole bunch of new South African football fans to the fore, which is really cool to see. Um, again, going back to sport participation, the more the better. And uh, that's that team is doing so well done there. Of course, the old Mpumalanga Black Aces team is now uh, Cape Town City. So they took on Kaiser Chiefs. They won 3-2, and uh, they're now top of the log. So where and who um, are, are the title threats coming from? Well, Vitz, they did lose the Supersport United on um, on Tuesday, so they dropped some points there, unfortunately. Sundowns beat Ajax Cape Town 2-0 now. So you got to think that it's going to be, well, look, with Chiefs losing, okay, it went from a four-horse race to, I would say, about a three-horse race. So you got to look at Vitz. They've got games in hand of Cape Town City, as do Sundowns. Uh, Cape Town City are on top right now, but there's two games in hand. I think it's going to bring it down to either being Vitz or either being Sundowns. So there's a lot to look out for, and it's a huge, huge weekend of football around that, and that all the big teams are playing. And uh, from here in the next month, wow, there's going to be some major shakeups, I think, because none of these teams can afford to drop points. And if they do, well, that just could be them out of the race straight away. 
So Friday night, you'll see Golden Arrows hosting Sundowns at 8 o'clock, and then Highlands Park will be hosting Vids. I'm not drawing Cape Town City out of this just yet, but again, they do have they have played two more games, so I'm guessing, I'm kind of going with a, I would say, slightly educated guess here, and to say that it really is down to Sundowns and Vids at the moment. Who's got momentum, who's got the fight, and who's actually got just fresh legs, ultimately. Gets the stage in the season, all different commitments and different cup competitions, and those kinds of things, it's going to be very, very interesting. So I reckon it's down to those two teams. So rugby is another thing that we have to look out for right now. Last week was a very strange week in Super Rugby in that we went into it as South African fans thinking, well, you know, the Lions obviously are the best team. The Stormers are showing so much promise. The Sharks are doing something kind of cool. they got some great young players. Everything's going really, really nicely. And then, well, the Stormers got absolutely hammered by the Crusaders, and they just looked like the Stormers of a few years ago. They'd had no idea. They got completely blown away in that first half. I think it was 36-3 at one stage or something really, really one-sided. And from there, they end up taking 50 points and a huge bonus point loss. So the Crusaders stay unbeaten. Still the only unbeaten team, so that's 8 out of 8. And the Stormers, well, the tour doesn't exactly get any easier. They've got the Highlanders and they've got the Hurricanes. So that wasn't very cool. And then the Sharks, they drew 9-9 with the Rebels, who'd won one game prior to that match. They're basically kind of the worst Aussie team, which is saying something, seeing as all the Aussie teams are rather shite. I mean, the Brumbies are their top team, and on points alone, they wouldn't even, I think they would be fifth in both the New Zealand and Africa Conference, if, if they were on points. Of course, because they're the Aussie Conference, they're in a playoff position, even though they've got... Well, very, very few amount of points. So, uh, where was I going with that? Sharks, very disappointing. Uh, their coach even said, you know, the players should really pay back the money to all those fans that actually spend money to go watch them live, which is quite a, it's quite a difficult thing to be able to hear as a, as a player. But the game was terrible. 9-9 draw. I remember like a few years back, I think they also drew like six all with the Reds quite a while ago at Kings Park. So not very good. And it just leaves us then to the Lions. Now the Lions beat the Jaguarith. Uh, kind of, they, they kind of made it a little bit tighter than it really should be. But it all comes back to the fact that the Lions very much are SA's lone team again. Um, as a Stormers fan, you know, I thought something would be kind of different, and I'm not writing them off just yet. You know, obviously one result doesn't change everything, but it's just the, the manner in which they lost, and, uh, all the sort of doubts that were niggling under the surface kind of came to the fore. It is a pretty young and inexperienced backline. Uh, you're asking a lot out of players like Ibn Elizabeth to be fantastic every single week. Maybe not getting the support from other senior players. So it's going to be very difficult for this team to actually get any major points on this tour when your opposition is so strong. So, yeah, maybe we should give the Stormers another week before we get too critical of them because, again, touring, we know it's a massive, massive thorn in the side of the South Africans in this, uh, especially when they go out. They've got to be out a little bit longer. So let's wait until next week to really draw any conclusions out of that. But, yeah, that's your Super Rugby for the weekend. Um, the prospects aren't great, so let's go through the fixtures quickly. Friday, we'll see the Highlanders versus the Stormers at 935 Saturday, the Chiefs versus the Sunwolves, 9.35 as well. Of course, all these times, SA times. Reds versus the Waratahs, 11.45. Force versus the Lions. Of course, the Lions are playing against all the Aussie teams, so their tour is going to be pretty easy in comparison to the Stormers. Force Lions at uh, 5 minutes to 2. The Cheetahs will take on the unbeaten Crusaders. The Crusaders now in SA for their little tour. Uh, Cheetahs, I yeah, I can't see them winning that one. Kings then versus the Rebels. Now, the Kings are the interesting story here for me. Um, well, mostly because we know they've got absolutely nothing to lose, right? And they didn't do too badly in their little tour. They pushed the Reds really, really hard. 
And then uh, they did more than push the Waratahs. They beat them. And uh, quite a flattering scoreline in the end for the Waratahs because they scored seven points after the Hooter. But it was a good win. It really, really was. These guys are playing good rugby. They're running it. And they really are giving a lot of entertainment for the neutral. And, of course, anybody who's a rugby fan in PE must be going, oh, wow, mental at the moment. It's really, really exciting. But, as we know, they are pretty much not going to be in the tournament next year. And if we need any reminder of that, just listening to a Lionel Crenier um, post-match interview will basically remind us of that all the time. He just keeps on going about the fact that this team is showing show. This team is showing so much heart, despite the fact there's no super rugby for the next year, and he really hopes that certain players can get into other teams, blah, blah, blah. So there's always that element, too. But go on, the Kings. You guys are making everyone proud, despite the fact that you've got on such a low base and uh, such a dim future. <laughs> They'll take on the Rebels at home at 7.30, and they, re- they should win that match, if you all things considered. I know the travel aspect's going to probably tie them out a bit, but they don't seem to be having any major injuries. Uh, they've got some really good players who are in good form right now. So they'll take on Rebels, 7.30 SA time Saturday night. And then the Jaguars, they will take on the Sharks in Argentina, 20 to 10. Can't see the Sharks doing very well there. They've got a weakened squad. It's been proven that these one-match trips to Argentina are very difficult for various reasons. Then Sunday, Brumbies versus the Blues will be at five minutes past eight. Now, the Blues are always going to be kind of the worst New Zealand team. The Brumbies are the best Australian team. So that probably translates into going to be a tight match. <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. So that's your football for the weekend. Uh, the rugby, um, there's, there's some really interesting golf on the go. Uh, the Zurich Classic, which is the first team event to be on the PGA Tour since 1981. Now, what that means is there's two-man teams, so rather than just individual stroke play, now we saw in the European Tour early in the season they were playing a stroke play slash match play shootout event that was at the uh, Sixers in uh, Perth. So a slight variation in the format here, there'll be 82-man teams, which will then be cut to 35, so they'll start off by playing four balls, and then they'll play foursomes over the weekend, which is really cool because we all love the Ryder Cup format, right? So we're getting a little glimpse of that here. And how cool would it be if you would have like a European duo, say Stenson and Rose, taking on, I don't know, like um, an American duo like Ryan Palmer and Jordan Spieth. And you might not know who Palmer is because he's not an amazing player, but it could be really cool if some of these other pairings could then galvanize the lesser players. Uh, one of the big other features of that, uh, the pairings will be Ricky Fowler and Jason Day. Uh, it'd just be great to see Jason Day playing for a sustained period. You know, he's been pulling out. Uh, he's had some family issues, of course, with his mother uh, being diagnosed with cancer. Uh, but it all seems to be good on that front. So if he could just keep it, keep it up and hopefully make a good run all the way into the U.S. Open, that'd be fantastic. From a South African perspective, uh, Brandon Grace and Louis Ostez will be paired together. So that is the Zurich Classic this weekend. So that's pretty much what we look forward to over the week weekend ahead for your sport. Uh, just a couple of things I want to touch on before we get into Wayne Price, uh, who is the Africa partner and actual ex-strongman himself. Um, now, if you are listening to this via the, the blog post on the balance.co.za, just scroll down and you'll see video a video of Wayne in some very, very short pants. But uh, don't be fooled by the outfit. He is doing something really incredible by pulling a whole bunch of metal, like 60 tons of, of, of truck, apparently. Uh, Wayne pulled the Boeing 747 in his day. Uh, he was the strongest man in South Africa during the 90s. So th- this guy comes with quite a pedigree. He's not just someone who's brought this really great event uh, to Africa. So before we get to that, um, two talking points I want to just bring up with you. Firstly, the Roy McIlroy wedding. And uh, the outrage from some people in the press saying that Rory has no right to be so secretive and have his wedding be so private and that, you know, publicity is a two-way street and he's got to play the game. Everyone is kind of 
rightly uh, going against this, this, these sentiments saying Rory does not owe anybody anything. If he wants to get uh, married, it's always in his terms. He can dictate whatever he wants. It's his life. But it's just interesting how you get to a point where the press feel like they're so a part of these guys' lives and they feel so entitled to get be a bit apart because they believe that they've done such such great things in promoting the profiles of these guys. You know, you, you can't discredit the fact that these guys do play a role in their lives, but to go to the point where you feel like you're entitled to part of their personal life, uh, I think he's gone too far. Uh, I think it was a guy from an Irish uh, publication. So if you go onto the internet and try find stories around the Roe McIlroy wedding, you'll find people who are just ragging this this piece to shreds and rightly so Rory's always been quite a secretive kind of person you know he's um, obviously he's a huge star and he doesn't want this kind of stuff going through the, through the ringer press wise especially with what happened with the called off engagement with Caroline Wozniacki I think he's grown a lot in uh, how he conducts himself privately and at the same time you know when you really want to actually settle down with someone maybe this is a bit more special he wants to keep her out of the press as much as he wants to keep himself out of the press Again, you're totally entitled to that, but you've got to see some of the comments that really, really are great. Uh, and then finally, one thing that I found so interesting from last weekend, of course, was the big uh, SA National Athletics Champs. True to form, all the big stars won, uh, for whether it be um, uh, from the track to the field, all the way around. Uh, a lot of all the attention, of course, was on the sprinting. Uh, Casa Semenya going from the 1-5 where she's you know done so well internationally uh, to the 800 where she's also done very well. And then she also ran the 400. So she was completely sort of uncontested in those events, which is to be expected. But then it got down to the sprints and it was all about the 100 meter and the 200 meter and the rivalry between Akani Sambini and Wade Vanikuk. Now, as you know, Wade Vanikuk is the greatest 400 meter runner ever. He wants to focus this year on building up his speed for the 200 and the 100, in particular the 200, because when it comes to the IWF World Champions in August, he'll be running the 400, where he'll be defending his title, and he'll also be running the 200. So just touching on the 100 quickly, um, Akani Sambini, he ran a 9.95 in the final, and it was a cold night. Um, now, if you know anything about sprinting, it's kind of like um, temperature does play a bit of a role, and sprinters hate running in cold weather because that's when you can pull a hamstring. That's where you can tweak a muscle quite easily. And uh, it, the, the race itself actually looked like a bit of a mess. And I'm not saying it's because the coverage of the camera angle was dodgy. It's just that all the runners, you can see, were trying so hard. Like, wait for me, cooking, you included in that. Everyone was trying so hard. You watch Ancani and Sambini. This guy, he's got all the form, he's got all the power, he's got all the poise, and he just cruised, like his head stays still, everything is just moving in this calculated, fascinatingly brilliant motion, and he's straight to victory, and he just looks like the full package, he's just getting better and better and better. That is, I think, his 10th sub-10 run of the season, um, and sub-10 ten, sub second, uh, done 12 times now in his career. And he just keeps getting better and better. And you think, you take all that talent, you take all that form, and you put it against the best in the world, this guy's going to do so well. I really think that come Tokyo uh, 2019, I think it is, uh, or the next Olympics, um, this guy's going to be the real, real deal. I think he's going to be a, a genuine medal contender. And, of course, as soon as you take Usain Bolt out of the sport, and he will not be there, then that's one pace on the podium guaranteed to open up. But... It got into the 200, and it was a different story. Um, Akane Sabini had a very like sluggish start. He stumbled a bit. Wade Fanico grabbed the blocks, and just like uh, Sabini was so rhythmic in the 100, Wade just pulled it out in the 200. And he won in 19.8 was his time for the 200 meters. It was his personal best, 
But if you just watch that race, now I've put a blog post out on the balance.co.za around it. You watch how he runs that race. He was always in control, right? Everyone was doing their best. Um, it just wasn't going to happen for the rest of them. When it got to about 10, 15, sort of almost like 20 meters out, Wade didn't just pull up. He sort of like just stopped running, but it was like a, a like a blatant sort of jolt. Now, you know, was he just trying to save himself? Uh, did he feel he had the race? race kind of won, he wanted just to hold off, or was he sending a message that, you know, to the rest of the world, here's a guy who absolutely obliterated everyone in Rio in the 400 meters, right, and set a new world record, and he ran in lane eight, this guy, there's some serious wheels here, okay, and he, you saw how he finished there, he finished like an absolute champion, here he held back, and he ran a 9.8, right, sorry, 19.8, if he followed through, you got to think, what is this guy's true potential, he was a super, super gifted runner, obviously, um, the 400-200 split is going to be amazing for him, which makes you think of Michael Johnson, right? So before Wade broke the record, Michael Johnson held the record for the 400. He held the world record for the 400 and the 200. Usain Bolt took it away from him in the 200, Wade in the 400. But this is the first time since Michael Johnson, and he was prolific in the mid-90s, uh, the Atlanta Games. I mean, this guy was just on another level. Strange upright running stance, but he was just some absolute machine. So is Wade now going to go from being just the 400 meter runner to the actual, the big duo, both events? Like, if he's running a 19.8 with no real competition, he's easing up at the end like that. Oh, the potential, the potential here. So it's, it's just so exciting to see that SA Athletics doesn't just have talent in a few areas, but it's talent in the real big ones that everyone cares about, the big sprinting. Taking nothing away from their disciplines, they're all fantastic. And to get to the top, you are incredible. But what Wade Nico can do and what he has already shown, I just can't wait for August. It's going to be so amazing watching this guy going at it against the best. And um, I know Usain Bolt's his best might be behind him, but this guy can never be doubted because every time someone has doubted him, he has ended up winning. So I reckon Usain knows that right up until the end, he's going to give his absolute all because he still has his all to give. But can you just imagine that for a rivalry? Wade Fanico going down that home stretch, Usain Bolt. It's just and they're neck and neck, and I reckon it can happen. I really do. I think Wade knows exactly what he needs to do to beat everyone on the world stage. Now, that last eighteen months in the four hundred has taught him so much, and uh, with that, you get belief. Huh? It really is as simple as that. Why do you think Usain Bolt is so good? It's because he believes, he knows he can always beat people because that's what he's always done. That's not a talent thing. That's just a pure mental thing. And to really, really excel at the highest level of sports, it all really becomes mental. Anyway, I think that's enough for me um, and just my droning on about all the sports that I love so much. Um, it's an exciting time for me, really, because we haven't even touched on cricket this week, and there's so much cricket still to come. There's so much sport for the rest of this year. I think we might have to actually dedicate an entire show quite soon as to what's really going on for the rest of the year because there is so much. Uh, next week, one thing I do want to bring up before we get to Wayne is that the SA rugby captain issue. Now, I'm not saying it's an issue because there's something wrong here, uh, but it's a talking point that I feel that people are kind of almost trying not to get into because they're a little bit nervous or they feel there are not too many options going here. I know after last season, the Springbok fans are really apprehensive by anything rugby-related. So we'll get into that, and I'll have a suitable guest. I think maybe I should try to get two guests and um, yeah, maybe argue the points a bit. Anyway, so to bring us into the interview with Wayne Price, who is the partner of the Arnold Classic Africa, I just want to play for you the little promo video here 
And of course, if you are watch, listening to this on the blog, you can just scroll down and watch the whole thing. But this is an event that's going to be taking place here in Johannesburg early May, and I really believe that you must go check it out. So I'm going to play the little promo, and then we're going to have Wayne Price on the back of this. Ladies and gentlemen, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it is wonderful to be back and to have the Arnold Classic Sport and Fitness Festival, which is now in all six continents, also now here in this beautiful continent, in this beautiful country, and in this spectacular city of Johannesburg. We are so excited to be here. You're going to see the most muscular man here. You're going to see the most powerful man here. You're going to see the fastest man here. You'll see much more energy than ever before. So let's have the games begin. South Africa now for the first Arnold Classic, 48 different events, 48 different sports with 11,000 athletes, and it's going to grow from there. Give it time, world record. vision when I was 20 years old and I won my first Mr. Universe contest and that was to promote bodybuilding and fitness all over the world and that was the beginning of a fitness crusade. The last time I was here I said I'll be back, I'm back again. Cool. So it's an event that, well, you might have heard of it recently. Uh, it's called the Arnold Classic, something that I kind of, well, stumble upon. You know, I, I get quite a few press releases that come into my, my mailbox on a weekly basis. 87% plus maybe have no, I have no interest in. I mean, there's some really strange sports out there. There's loads of mass participation stuff. And you think, you know what, I'd love to get more involved in the sport, but where do we find the time? And some of them are just boring. Well, the Arnold Classic was none of those things. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea how big this thing is, right? For the second time in South Africa, Arnold Classic Africa will be taking place, taking place from the 5th until the 7th of May. Now, if you hear the word Arnold, obviously you're going to think Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you would be correct in saying that. And when you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think big, strong men. Again, you're correct in thinking all these different things. But the Arnold Classic Africa is so much more. There is over 60 different sports in one event. How this logistically is possible, I have no idea. But it is possible. And uh, Wayne Price is here. He is the uh, partner of the event. He's joining me today. Wayne, thank you so much for coming through. 
Morning, good, Ben. It's uh, good to be here. Thank you. Now, you just told me coming to the studio now, you've just come from the Arnold Classic in Brazil. Yeah, basically just landed back from, from Brazil. Okay, so that, that was going to be my first question. Like, you know, where did this start? How many countries is this in? Because with over 60 different sports in one event, I mean, this is just mind-boggling, like the sheer scale of how these things, how these things must operate. Well, going a bit, back a bit, Arnold, um, Arnold um, started the partnership with uh, Jim Lorimer. Okay. who was a promoter of sport in Columbus, Ohio. Now, after Arnold competed in one of his events, he said, when I retire, I'm going to come back and I'm going to promote sport with you, and meaning the, the minor sport, mm-hmm. getting, uh, getting all the minor sport onto a platform. So in 1975, when Arnold retired from Mr. Universe Yef in Pretoria, South Africa, at the uh, at the UNISA building, I remember watching that on documentary. That there's, uh, there's a Netflix documentary at the moment. It's yes, called, um, I think it's called Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. Yeah, right? yeah, I watched that. And 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 that was that was basically it. And it was so exciting then to uh, there's just so many dots connecting it. But the long and short of it, Arnold said he calls it his fitness crusade. He mm-hmm. wants people to participate, not just in the bodybuilding, not just in uh, in the weightlifting, but in chess, in dance sport, in mind sport. Everything he wants involved on the platform because he just wants people to get off their couches and get involved in some, some way or other. So they started in Columbus, Ohio, which is now their 30th year running in Columbus. Okay, wow. That long. And to put into perspective, uh, they got uh, over 70 events, uh, uh, um, sporting codes involved. They got a massive venue. They run over nine venues and they got about 400,000 people that attend the event over the weekend. Which is huge. Okay, well, that all like sinks in. Let's go back a little track on that. Now, you aren't just a guy who likes sporting events, and you thought maybe this is a business opportunity. You're actually an ex-world strongman um, person as well. I say person because you guys are like a different league. I was, I was actually watching videos. I googled you. I was watching videos of you pulling trucks. You pulled a Boeing in your time. Correct. Now, how does how does an, an ordinary mortal get into something like that? Becomes such a superhuman strongman. I think that's part of the story of the Arnolds. It's why it fascinated me so much because always for me partic- uh, part- participating as a professional athlete and competing, I always said I compete against myself. Even though I compete against the top in the world and I competed in the top 10 in the world for nearly 10 years, yeah. it was always a challenge was about me and how I could improve myself and how it, and if it was that on that day and I was, myself was better than the rest, be it, be it. But otherwise it was just, Competing and just loving it until I injured myself. Unfortunately, I injured myself quite seriously. Um, could not compete anymore and then got into involved with, uh, with the promotional and administration side of it. Also being the president for uh, bodybuilding South Africa, okay. which is a member of SASCOC. But I took a team to the Arnolds in Columbus. Okay, so that's where it started for you. That's it? where it started. So when I was standing backstage, you know, you had all these plans of competing and all this stuff. And I believe, you know, season, one season had ended and I do, this new season started. And I heard Arnold say, I want to take this event to all the continents. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a good opportunity. If I could pull a Boeing, I mean, I, you know, I can take on anything, you yeah. know. But also said that we have had a successful pro- events promotions company for many years. Okay. That managed our space of the uh, of the of the Arnolds as well as the gladiators and and so on. We then uh, started engaging with Arnold. Now by this time, Arnold already had initiated Europe, South America, be Brazil. He went into Australia. The two the continents that were left was Asia and was Africa. And we were able to tie it down. And last year we had the most amazing event. And at the start of Arnold's own words was, he says, Wayne. 
you kick the ball right out of the park. He says, you guys skipped year one and two. You've gone straight to year three. Brilliant job. And when I've just left Arnold now, I mean, the last night I was with him and he said to me, Wayne, 10 days I'm going to be there and I'm looking forward to coming to see all my fans and support there. Now, there was 12,000 participants in the first year. Now, that alone, I mean, I, I've got a fair to saying about sporting events and just any event, really. To get 12,000 people to participate in the first year, you're expecting 14,000 this year. Has this been, just because you, you, do you believe you've really caught the imagination of the sporting public at large out there, that you've had such an amazing success straight off the bat here? I think it, it comes from the point that we, um, as I said, I was president of body, Bodybuilding South Africa, so I, I engage a lot within the, on this, uh, the official platform mm-hmm. um, and of the, the 75 members of, uh, members part of, the, of SASCOC, the Olympic Council. Um, and what our engagement was right from the word go, when we tied down the agreement, the partnership with Arnold, I engaged with official structures and said, let's get them involved. Right, okay. There's something that we all that we all share, and that's a passion for sport. And what we do also share, as we hear it quite often within the media as well, is that a lot of the minor sport do struggle financially. Yes, you hear it so often, especially around like big tournament times where guys can't get funding to go to events or our team isn't here because, again, we couldn't get travel or whatever. Exactly. And and, and that is that has always been very special and close to my heart as well. I mean, I traveled, I don't know, but I've done over 300 international events where I've represented South Africa. And it all came out of finance out of my own pocket. Yeah. And, and, and it's not just going to change overnight, but we wanted to be part of that. And, and fortunate with the opportunity to meet up with Arnold and to set up our, to be one of the six continents with the Arnold platform, that has just given, I think, a lot of the sport opportunity now to get exposed on a different platform. And that, and that excites Arnold as well. Because, you, you know, uh, there's two very strong elements that he loves within the Arnold, and that's a youth programs yeah. and also the, the dis- disability programs. And this year, you mentioned now we got up to 14,000 participants, of which a great deal this year is going to be uh, disability as well. We have now brought disability in all, all the sporting codes, and uh, we bring in, in the pro wheelchair. But the success of it has been we've been we've been working with incredible federation of sporting codes, mm-hmm. and these guys have just bought into the whole event, and it just makes it so much easier to manage sixteen moving parts. That is absolutely incredible. Again, I mean, I, I can't comprehend these numbers because you think big events. You can, I mean, that's a lot of people just get around. Before we get back to the event itself, let's just talk about Arnie for a second here. Now, again, it's like people think back. He was the original. Was it Mr. Universe back in those days? You're correct. 15, 15 world championship titles he's got, yeah. And he was also the Mr. Olympia, which was an event within that, essentially. Correct, correct. Now, he put the sport on the map. He really did. Like, when did you first meet him? Did you meet him back in the days, like, when he was, what, you were competing, essentially, your prime, essentially, was in the 90s, right? Yeah, correct. Was he still heavily involved in there at that time? No. Remember, he, he retired from competitive um, bodybuilding in 75, is it far back as that? Yeah. So he definitely retired in his prime then. Yeah, and and then obviously he got focused on two other things. And I mean, he's got a he's got the most incredible story. I love I love hearing him talk about the Franco Columbos and the Ridge Parks and mm. everyone that had big influences on him. Because Arnold again this weekend, he just he was so on about. There's nothing about a self-made man. There's people that are you stand on other people's shoulders, and you know. As a youngster, as a competitive, I mean, I had Arnold posters up all in my cupboard. Sure. And I mean, it was he there. He was so iconic. He yeah. was there, iconic. And I mean, you speak to so many different um, uh, um, athletes, and, and they all feel the same way. 
Um, I, I, I remember once I was competing in, in Austria in an event, in a strongman event, and there was a rumor that Arnold was going to be there. I could hardly sleep. It was so exciting. But unfortunately, as it be, he had to cancel because of another commitment, so he wasn't there. So, oh, that disappointment. So when it, when it came to now and how this thing has now transformed into this partnership that we have with him, it's a very real, it's like a real pinch me moment type of, you know, when we're sitting around it, table just having a glass of wine and a, and and having a, a chat like mates uh, you know it, it, it's it's real just unbelievable but i then i just realized what an incredible person he is and the love and the the the, the passion that he has with for for the sport and for the people involved i, I recall now this weekend one moment that just reminds me why we do what we do mm. is we were walking through the event like he does uh, it's the bubble and he goes and visits every one of the sporting codes and gets involved and we passed, we're walking past the pole, the pole for championships. And there was a young lady, a blind young lady that was competing in the, uh, the pole for championships. And Arnold just stopped everything. And it was like just this moment. And he, and he broke away out of the, the schedule routine and he went on the stage and he probably spent about a good minute talking to her. But you could just see that it was just, there was nothing but just this genuineness about yeah. this young, this girl and him. You know, and those are the moments, and that's the moments that we created last year. And there's so many moments I can tell you about. We'll probably be spending all day here, but those are the moments that I keep reminding myself why we do what we're doing as a as an event, as a promotion of this event, and creating this platform. I guess that's kind of like you know the ongoing success of the event and going forward, and the fact that it has touched so many people is that that guy is really genuine. I get the impression that people see him for his like TV personas or the fact that he was the governor, as they called him, of California. Yeah. But I mean, from what you're saying now, I mean, as you said, you've got stories for days. There's a genuine passion for what he does there, and I think he's a lot more intelligent than people give him credit for as well. To get something like this off the ground, major start. I mean, that is it takes a lot, and I don't think he often gets the credit for this because you know movie star status. Yeah, is that a fair comment? You reckon? I, I definitely think so. I think you know if you put if you put into perspective at the moment with the six continents active of the Arnolds, there's over a hundred and twenty thousand participating athletes in the year of the event. So put that into perspective with regards every four years the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games. Just one of our events is bigger in numbers, but I think uh, I think it's because Arnold, as as we just said, I mean, the, 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 he's just it's just so incredible to hear about the. You know, he comes back a lot to about what has happened in his life mm-hmm. and going from Austria and and the, the the Ben Waders and Joe Waders that took him to America and opened this this opportunities for him there, which led him to. Being this uh, over, like he calls it, this oversized Austrian with a bad accent, uh, becoming a lead man in the movies, which everyone said to him never will happen. Yeah. And that one of his six rules of success is never listen to the naysayers. He says just don't. He says because you know what, if he had to listen to them, he would never have done what he's what he's done. And that's what Arnold wants to. He keeps imparting that to to whoever he talks to. I've heard him. I've heard him now in. Be it on a, an official format, a formal stage presenting to a business luncheon or to sitting just around talking to individuals. That is the type of message he's always con- uh, um, conveying is saying, guys, don't assume they says, see your dream. 
live your dream. He says that's what that's what kept me going all the time. Even when I was a brickie, when I was laying, when I was doing brickwork in in, in in America, we were doing restorations of homes and things like that. I was with Franco Colombo. He says that it never stopped me from just keeping my vision and my dream, you know, in front of me. I think all too often we become so cynical about stuff nowadays because we feel we've heard it and seen it all. And with sporting events, you know, you hear people going through the cliches and interviews the whole time. Yeah. But you make such a good point, though. Like, this guy has achieved so much, and now this event kind of embodies a lot of the success. Just getting to the, the technical side of things. Now, there's a lot of sports being exhibited, essentially, but there's also a much big, quite competitive side. What sort of um, things are going to be taking place where people literally will be going for, like, first, second, third, you know, I mean, there's a pole fit stuff. That's a big deal. There was a World Strongman event last year and the, the mountains from Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, he was there. Just to give you the idea of the caliber of, of, the, of the, the big things here. Yeah. So if you were to be going to the Arnold Classic, what are the big events that you would kind of, in a nutshell, say are worth looking out for? Well, I think, I think the important thing to you to mention, I mean, at the moment, as we have to on, on register, is that we've got close to 80 countries coming to the Arnold. Wow. Which is really magnificent. I mean, it's in that I'm talking in all the different sporting field. But just like in the amateur bodybuilding, we've got close to 30 countries going to be competing. Iran, Israel, uh, United Emirates, um, Bahrain and all that. Every one of the, of the events that was part of last year had realized the success of the platform. Right. And they've come in with just much bigger and better. Uh, I'm talking archery. Archie came in and they were just, okay, well, we'll just present this event, which was more like a provincial type of, mm-hmm. but now they're coming back and they're bringing the most, the most amazing national event, uh, to, with the archery in that. So they, they've tripled, quadrupled in so, numbers. Uh, whatever you're saying, these sports are almost using the Arnold Classic as a platform to have national competitions and real standpoints like that. Correct. That is amazing. So what we've done is we've said to the sporting codes, we've said from the word go, from when we started engaging with the sporting codes, Quite happy if you guys bring a provincial event this year. Yeah. But we'd love you to see it build up to an international and to an international event. So out of the 60 sporting codes now, we've probably got about 15 to 20 of them that already have an international level, even skipping. Right. I mean, we don't really know rope skipping yet. It's part of gymnastics, South Africa, as one of their divisions. But now we've got an American team coming and competing against us South Africans in the skipping. But that's that's crazy because if they were to by themselves do their own event, right? Yeah. They would have limited amounts of exposure, limited crowds and audiences. Whereas here, they get exposed to like a whole massive audience base. Exactly, it's genius. And 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 that, and that again is the introduction because now, like you've said, I've I'm, I've never I, I haven't I've maybe might not have seen what badminton's all about. Yeah. But now I'm now I'm walking through the wall because all this has been engagements and all the things I'm walking through and I'm experiencing everything and I can uh, and, and I might have an interest in badminton, Q sport. Um, I mean it's it's all it's all going to be on the platform. Big chess, small chess. Um, you know the e games. Everything's going to be on the platform. So every aspect of it. So I might I might come there supporting my 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 child who's doing judo. Yeah. But I, but I, I, but I'll be exposed to so much more, and that's exci- that's excitement about the the platform, the Arnold platform. But also, how great for a family to know that you can take kids who might not be participating in schools, or maybe their schools don't offer the certain sports. Suddenly, their eyes are open up to a whole world of activities here, where you can meet people, you can be healthy, you can get stronger, you can get a real direction in life. Yeah. It's just thrown out to you in one go. Well, we we've also now incorporated. Built onto that a bit because now we got an element from the sporting codes. We're saying, okay, you're going to be a competitor. There's a competitor, but there's got to be an interactive portion. So we got sure. a we got an element called come and try. Mm-hmm. So 
in all the sporting codes, they're going to have a, a portion where you can come and try. You can come and try with the archery. You can come try with the fencing. You can come try to do some weightlifting uh, just to get the guys engaged and, and to see what it's all about. So what we are doing is we're going to be running buses from all the communities, uh, primary schools, high schools. We're going to be bringing them in into the event. And this the whole purpose of that is really getting the community involved and for, for youngsters that are not always exposed to these type of platforms to come and try and see. We might have a future baseball champion out of that. Sure. And and that's going to be our our legacy. That's going to be the legacy of the Arnold. Also, to get started in these kind of things is, well, it's quite daunting. I mean, if you're thinking, I want to get into powerlifting, yeah. whatever, how, how's a kid going to do that? Yeah. You know, he's going to need someone to take him to a gym and show them these things. And it is quite daunting. Um, and also just having the equipment as well. You want to try archery. Okay, cool. Where are you going to do that? You need to go find a place. You need to go pay money. This is, this is really amazing, Wayne. I mean, I, I did a bit of research prior to this interview, but I have no idea the sheer scale of this. Yeah. So, again, when you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think the strong man, that kind of stuff. Just as a from a layman's terms, how can you differentiate for me powerlifting, bodybuilding, and then the actual strongman competition? What are the sort of three key areas there? I think the thing, the important thing to be, keep in mind is, is I think your your strong man, and I always a lot of times refer to it as strength athletics, right. because it, it 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 combines so many different elements like CrossFit, which is very much a basic platform of weightlifting and powerlifting. So if you go back to the gym, your movements that you're doing in the in the in the bench press, the squat, the clean and jerk, the snatch, those type of movements is the movements that you will be applying in a different type of platform so instead right, okay. so instead of me deadlifting a a a 300 kilogram olympic bar with weights i'll be deadlifting a car so it just puts it into another that was always my challenge and that's why i loved the sport of strongman because it was always a challenge can i overcome the the challenge of the car or whatever it would it be so yes the basic training is there so you'll find a lot of guys that are competing in this in the strongman and and even in the in the bodybuilding space because I mean their their basis comes from the the gym environment, mm. and that I must tell you also Arnold is always very um, very proud to say that at the end of the day, uh, a lot of the sport and most of the sport there is an engagement in in the gym somehow of weight training, and when he started out he said that his purpose was to get gyms and training facilities all over and he says you go look in you look now every hotel has got a gym in it mm. every police station every fire station yeah. has, has got it because those that that all is the basis it's the basics you work off and then you can then you can go into a becoming a weightlifting champion or powerlifting champion or take it into the strength sports i mean like like i said you see crossfit it really, it's also incumbent of so many different disciplines that you see onto, onto the same platform. And I think that's what people enjoy. They enjoy that variety of challenge, you know, whether it be box jumps or whether it be the snatches or clean, uh, the clean and jerks. But it, it all comes uh, down to uh, making it exciting and it's just not into one, uh, one type of discipline. It is so great. Now, like I, I love golf. Um, but the reason I love golf is I started playing that. I've played all sports and I'm very interested about all sports. But I find I'm more interested about golf now because I'm interested about exercise. Yeah. It's like since – okay, I mean, I'm a bad example right now. I'm, I'm not in great shape. But uh, two years ago, I did this challenge where I did a lot of those sort of base movements. So it was all about uh, deadlifts, squats, um, 
clean and jerk, that kind of stuff. And you get an understanding of how it builds your body so you can do anything. Mm. And this is a great thing, talking about basis of what gym can get you. But I feel so many people just do gym and nothing else. And they're either going to then like bomb out, they're going to get injured because they want to up the ante in strength, which they haven't got yet, or they just become bored. Whereas to have those and apply them to different things like this, this is another way of motivating people to stay active. Because, I mean, around the world, that's going to be the hardest thing, right? You can do these things around the world. Everyone's going to be so fantastically interested for a week, and then what? Then it's like, well, they can lose out. Do you find like that that's probably the hardest thing to get people really excited about sport is just like giving them the where to? I think, I think I've always said that. Uh, as a competitive athlete, we've got our own, uh, own gym as well. Um, we train, we coach. Uh, I don't do that much anymore as because of my commitments with the promotional side. But I always said one thing to, to everybody that is involved with as a student, as an, as a, as a client is that if you don't have the goals, it just is so easy just to yeah. give up. And I think it's so important. I mean, you, you got to have something you're chasing too. And that's why if you're involved with no matter what the sport is and no matter what it leads to from, from the gym itself, if you don't have it, and, and you're right, it just so many people you see just have contracts. They're paying that just does yeah. that goes that goes nowhere. Stagnating. That's stagnating, and and it and it comes just down to the fact is that they, from the word go, did not establish why they actually want to do it, and what they want to get, and one of the what they want to get out of it. Because if you don't have a measurable, if you don't have a something to measure to, that's it. You you, you it's, it's just quite easy just to to leave it let it, let it go. Yeah, when you've got the same sporting brand as, as, as I aspire to have, you, you're on the right track here. Um, as far as events are concerned, we've mentioned a whole bunch here. I've actually lost track of all the things. What are some of the events that people really wouldn't expect to see once they go through the gates? I think this year there's quite a few. We've got uh, the indige- uh, Indigenous Games, the real real traditional Indigenous Games, which is going to be exciting to watch, the stick fight, the stick uh, fighting demonstrations and things like that. Uh, a lot of traditional uh, uh, things w- where we've taken the Arnold um, and we've Africanized it. Okay. We've got a real, even entertainment, uh, the, the arts and, uh, we got the, the Department of Sport, Arts and Culture involved. That's our partnership with, with Gauteng Provincial Government as the Arnolds, which we are very fortunate to have. So we brought in the ele- element of the entertainment. We got the, pa- we got the Arnold pageant. We got the Arnold model search. Um, so those are for the folks that are not really the ones into what is Arnold judging that? Uh, no, no, Arnold doesn't. <laughs> we got a team that uh, judges that. Unfortunately, like, like you rightly said, with so many, uh, moving parts over three days, yeah, Arnold can't just be, he can't just be at, at all the events, mm-hmm. but, but he sure tries to engage with everybody on that platform. So those are going to be fun. I know, uh, the, last year the fencing was tremendous. They did, uh, they did these flash mobs in the, in the building as well. With like twenty thirty uh, fences, um, and and it was just great. I think what people kind of come to the Arnold and expect is it's, a, it's just a bit of a wow factor. It's just a bit of uh, it's really a a, play, a a a venue and it's event where people can just see the love of sport and everything that that relates to it. We got the expo as well, which is uh, is grown this year and it's also it's all about a, a sporting a nutritional but a lifestyle expo yes. because that also plays a, a big role in everybody's well, again, you're giving people those goals how they're going to stick to things how yeah. they're going to stick to things because we do realize that yes whatever we do in the gym whatever we're doing on the road there's a nutritional side to it and that all that all makes such a difference and i'm sure you follow in the same within the golf as well uh, we realize that it doesn't just 
it's just not about just swinging the club. Mm. There's a lot more with regards to body conditioning and everything that goes with it. But you see that in all sports nowadays, yeah. whether it's cricket, uh, obviously contact sports and endurance sports have always had it. Yeah. But you know, like you find in, in golf, some of the biggest features now are about performance. Yeah. So whereas, whether it be through advertising through main brands like Puma or Adidas or Nike or whatever, uh, right through to behind-the-scenes interviews. They're trying to push the performance side all the time. And these guys are getting smarter around that. Yeah. It wasn't just Gary Player back in the day and everyone laughed at him for doing his push-ups. Yeah. Everyone's getting involved. Um, when I, I, I'm, I'm so genuinely excited about this. Like I go to many sporting events and I know what I'm going to expect. And I know I'm probably going to be there for about an hour and I know exactly what I'm going to get out and I'm going to go home. I have... I'm just so genuinely curious about what's going to go on here. Um, getting tickets, that kind of stuff. What's what's the process? Well, uh, Web Ticket is our service provider with the yep. tickets, which they can obviously get online, uh, and all people can get through Pick and Pay. Uh, and if they ever find a, a difficulty with that, uh, they can go online through our uh, our webpage, the ArnoldClassicAfrica.com. Okay. Uh, there's a tab to tick, and it'll take them immediately uh, with click, and they can go immediately into the uh, the different options and platforms for tickets. Cool. So it's May five to seven. It's in Santon. Convention Center. Correct. Which is gives to give you an idea again how big this event is. You yeah. guys are going to be taking that over. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what, how else we can plug this. This is something I'm going to be at. Uh, Arnold's going to be there in, in various sessions, right? Will, will the public know when he will be available? Oh, yeah, absolutely, definitely. So Arnold will be, he'll, he'll be arriving here the Thursday. He'll be here the whole of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, just a quick mention, he's also very much in, with the environmental projects. Of course, yes. You guys are teaming up with, um, I forget the name. The R20. Yes, the R20. Yes. Right. Which is Arnold's baby. It's Arnold. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Arnold started the R20. I've actually just… Uh, this guy doesn't sleep much, does he? No, I, I tell you <laughs> what. You, no, no, busy brain he has got. He's, he's always busy with something. Um, a lot of stuff that he Im- implemented when he was governor of California, uh, the green uh, in, uh, environmental uh, uh, waste management, things like that right. that he implemented with job creations and all the rest. He's been implementing all over the world, and we excited last year. There was a, a MOU signed between R20 and um, and and our government, and it's just going to be it's just going to get bigger now. There's 68 projects already already running in South Africa wow. of the R20, which Arnold and I'm involved with, and uh, him and Leonardo DiCaprio have started with the World Bank uh, a what they call a billion dollar fund, mm-hmm. which they're investing in environmental projects. So. That will be the Friday morning where Arnold will be. And yes, the program and schedule is on the web, uh, on the web page. And when the, when the, when the folk arrive at the event, there's a full program they'll receive. And there is certain spaces where Arnold will definitely be and people can engage with them. And we're, we're obviously going to be running some, some great competitions where, um, the people can have the opportunity to have a photo and meet Arnold in person because that is always obviously the ultimate. Oh, yeah. If you've got one of those on social media in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be, <laughs> that's quite something. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Price, thank you so much for your time. Um, as, as always, the Bounce Show goes out with a blog post. So if you scroll down, you will see a video of Wayne pulling very heavy things. Um, <laughs> so great chatting with you, Wayne. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the Arnold Classic. Uh, I'm going to be there, no doubt. We thank you for your time and support. We appreciate it. Cool. Catch you back next week on The Bounce Show. SA Rugby Captain. Is this going to be a foregone conclusion? Is it going to be some outsiders? Who knows? I've got some guests to talk about next week. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, all the best. Ciao. Bye.